0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 359. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Psalms with Psalm 16. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I'm hoping so far that you are enjoying the study of Psalms. I find That I am. And it's interesting because I don't always get as much out of reading through the book of Psalms, which I'm in the second time through. I read one chapter of the Bible every day. I don't know if I have mentioned it recently, but if you go to Chris2x.com slash daily Bible. You have a program that I wrote which lets you get in your email one chapter of the Bible, and you basically pick a book. You'll get one chapter a day. At the end of that, you'll get an email which will say it's time to pick another book. And so I read through Psalms, and there are 150 chapters, so it takes 150 days. And then I started over again in anticipation of doing this study. And The reason I started over again is I felt like I hadn't gotten out of Psalms what I could. And it's funny because even reading through it the second time, I find that I don't necessarily, but I'm finding that somehow teaching it gets me slowing down enough to appreciate it better. I don't know if that is applicable for you, but something to think about. Today we're doing Psalm 16. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. This is another Psalm of David, and it's a little bit like some of the other Psalms we've dealt with in the past in the sense that David is asking for help. David is asking for refuge. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. But the thing I like about Psalm 16, the thing that gives me, I'd have to say, delight, is I see in it a very joyful David who is reveling in where he is in his relationship with God and with the people of God in his life. So you are my God apart from you I have no good thing. There's there's two different ways to read that. I mean one is David talking about how bad his life is except that this thing with God is going okay. But I read that that when he looks at his life, the part of his life where his joy lies is that part that lies in God. That Emanating from the portion of his life where his relationship with God is good is this joy. And I say that because of the verses that we see later on. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. So this isn't just David looking at the people of God and saying these people are good and these other people over here are not good. He is finding delight in the people of God. And this hits me this way probably in part because this is the way my week started. My week started Sunday night with a choir concert with the youth group from our church, about 17 young people, smaller group than it has been in past years singing songs of praise to God and acting out dramas and such. And and I know some of these kids, and I've known some of them since they were born, or at least since they were very, very small. And I found such delight in being in that place, in being with those people, these kids, and then with their parents and with some of the other adults who were there who have been so important in my life. I found that I related to this. They are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. I know that some people, when they look at the church, they see the flaws. And I know that when some people look at the history of the church, they see all the things that it has done wrong. But when I look at the church, I think of the people of God in whom is all my delight. I think of those wonderful people who have been so wonderful to me through so many years and through so many things, as through different stages in my life, who we have laughed with, who we sometimes have cried with, and how poor my life would be without them. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. It's easy for David at this point to say, being with God is good. Why would I choose anything else? I see in these words that he's saying as he looks at those who are serving the false gods, those who are serving gods who are just pieces of wood and pieces of stone, as he's serving gods who don't have the power and the presence and the omnipotence and the character of God, he doesn't envy them. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. And and then I see him looking back at God and saying, because you are all I need. You are my portion, my cup, that that sustains me, that that provides for me. You make my lot secure. How can I choose anything else? I think of Peter's words when Jesus says, I am the bread of life in the New Testament, and the people start going away because this is such a hard word, and Jesus turns to the disciples and says, will you also leave? And Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. The psalmist here is saying, you alone are my portion, my cup, you make my lot secure. There's, I don't need for anything if I have you. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Tomorrow I'm driving up to a conference, and I have the pleasure of being able to drive, or having to drive, depending on how you look at it, through Yosemite on the way over to the other side of the Sierras. And I think of this, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. When I look at the world that God has made, when I look at what God has given us, I think of the delight that it gives me delight. And tomorrow will be one of those days that will fill me with delight. I praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. We serve a God who is whispering in our ears words of wisdom, who speaks to us not just through those delightful people that he puts in our lives, but also through his word and through his spirit, and speaks through our heart where God dwells. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I had a chance recently. I was given by my lovely wife a trip up to the Redwoods up north of San Francisco to a zip lining course. And we were way up high in the trees. And I'm not someone who enjoys way high up necessarily, although I did enjoy this quite a lot. But actually, one of the things that was more scary for me was the, the rope bridge. And it's one of those things where you're on this wobbly, shaky thing. And I found that I needed to keep my eyes forward and keep my eyes on the goal and not be spending a lot of time looking down and seeing how high up I am. And I think of this here, my, I keep my eyes always on the Lord With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Where our focus is, is important in terms of our life, in terms of the security and the stability of our life. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we keep our eyes on the goal and where we're going, I think there is less that will shake us in this world that is full of things that can shake us in this broken and fallen world. It is important where our focus is. I don't know if you've ever been on a boat and you've gotten seasick. They say, stare at the horizons. Keep your gaze constant out there. Don't be noticing this wave going up and this wave going down and this wave going the other way, but keep your eyes out there on the horizon and where you're going. And I think of that when I think of our relationship with God and I think of what the psalmist is saying here. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices and my body will also rest secure. I think of the joyful laughter of children and the security of lying in their parents' arms as we just passed Father's Day here. We had a small child sitting in front of us this Sunday, a year and a half old, who decided somewhere during the service that she had to be with her father. And her father was way over in the other side of the church working part of the slides for the overhead projectors. And she went boldly walking up the front aisle with mom carefully following after her, but a step behind saying, daddy, daddy, looking for security of her father's arms. And I saw her towards the end of the service being held by her father and said to him, how lucky you are. What an incredible father's day gift to have a daughter who can't wait to be with you another minute. I think God is looking for that from us, his children, looking to lie in the arms of God and know that we are safe and know that we are loved. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Our Heavenly Father, like a good earthly father, desires for us life, desires for us joy and desires to be with us, and for us to dwell with him. And in that presence this week, I pray that you will find joy. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, leave a comment on this episode at com. You can also send an email to host at com or follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening.